most importantly, we learn from our guests about their sports. So there's going to be some sports sometimes that none of us are experts on. But that's okay. That's the point. We want our listeners to learn as, as much from those discussions and take something away. We don't, it's not always going to be a fun discussion if it's three guys who are experts talking to someone who's very knowledgeable. It, it helps if you don't know everything sometimes. Greetings and welcome to Knowledge Brew Supreme. On today's show, I want to revisit a couple of themes from two previous episodes. One, sticking out in crowded spaces, and two, wearing multiple hats as a content creator. In episode four of the show, I chatted with a dear friend of mine, Jack Cavanaugh, and breaking in on breaking into content creation for uh, fantasy football. In episode five, I chatted with another good friend and brilliant mind, Dr. Caleb Black, about his experience working in numerous areas of content creation revolving around his research interests as a clinical psychologist. I had such a wonderful time chatting with both individuals on their respective subjects that I had to bring in another dear friend of mine to discuss where these two themes are converging together. Uh, so being able to stand out in multiple places, multiple areas of content, essentially being a renaissance person. This topic has been percolating uh, on my mind because I think we all sort of tread these different paths to make it where we are in life. And some of us sort of, you know, we know, you know, you know exactly what you want to do, but others find that process sort of ongoing. And right now I'm sort of struggling a little myself to pick a lane as far as what passions I want to pursue. I have a lot of irons in the fire, so to speak. You know, I'm a full-time college instructor uh, with an active research agenda as well. Uh, so much of my time is spent in the realm of academics, but I also spend a lot of my time in other spaces like creating this podcast and working for Pro Football Focus, PFF, as a part-time data analyst. So I'm still kind of holding out hope that maybe one day I could work for a professional football team in some capacity. You know, a guy can dream, right? Some days I wonder if it would be better off just picking one of those things and kind of sticking to it, but that doesn't seem to be my nature at this time. Uh, but anyways, the point I'm trying to make is that I'm envious of people who know what their passions are and go for them. We live in a time where it is possible to have multiple passions with more than more, you know, with more time than ever to dedicate to breaking through in pursuit of those passions. Uh, we can all be Renaissance people, non-gender specific, you know. Uh, I'm just amazed by the number of people I meet who are able to juggle so much at once and also be successful in multiple ways. You know, I've met scholars who are also elite athletes, you know, marathon runners. Uh, I know, you know, lawyers who still compete in high level adult athletics. You know, uh, my guest for today's show, for example, he is a dynamo in creating sports related content. And he's also a successful actor in Toronto. Um, so again, I, I can't stress this enough. I'm beyond thankful for each and every listener of Knowledge Brew Supreme because I know how valuable your time is. So before we jump into this week's episode, let's pay the bills. Welcome back to Knowledge Brews Supreme, the show that percolates your creativity. My guest today is originally from Perth, Australia, but now lives in Toronto, aka T. Dot one of my absolute favorite cities. 
And he's also one of my favorite people as well. My guest is the one, the only Nee Wallace Bruce. Nee is another Dynamo content creator in podcast and many other areas. Uh, we are actually recording this episode on International Podcast Day. So it is fantastic to have Nee on the show. He currently records two sports podcasts, one called Club Nonsense on the Important Nonsense Network with Jack Cavanaugh and myself uh, and, and other guests, as well as the Pro Sports Podcasters uh, with Corbert DeRon and Justin Williams. You can also find Nee's written work on fantasy football, specifically individual defensive player scoring, IDP on importantnonsense.com. But that's not all, folks. Nee is also a model and actor who has been in numerous commercials and short films in Canada. So, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, Nee? I'm good, John. I appreciate that introduction. It's, it's sometimes you need that reminder of, of, of where we've come from. But yeah, it's a pleasure to be on, and I'm looking forward to the chat as always. Well, I'm happy you're here and I'm happy to help put you over knee. You just do so much wonderful things and, uh, you know, helping, helping out with the show, coming on and talking to us and uh, is just wonderful. So let's get started. You know, I've had our, one of our colleagues on this show, Mr. Jack Cavanaugh, you're you know familiar with him. Uh, you know, we podcast about football uh, pretty frequently together. So I want to, I want to ask you a, a, one of the same questions I asked him, because I'm just really curious about your perspective on this. So you live outside of the United States, you know, you're originally from uh, Australia, but now living in Canada. What got you into American sports, specifically sports like, you know, I believe overseas it's referred to as gridiron football. We just call it football here, but uh, you have to make that distinction, you know, if you're, if you're talking about uh, which football you're talking about. So sports like basketball and American football, uh, what got you into that? Yeah, that's a good question, Doc, because there's a number of sports that are, I guess, very popular in Australia that aren't necessarily popular in North America. But to answer your question, when it comes to basketball, there's always been a few Australians in the NBA. So coverage is pretty reasonable when it comes to that sport. There's always keeping tabs on how those guys are doing and I guess the bigger teams. When I think about baseball, that's always been an interest of mine for one reason or another. I think it comes from just knowing about the folklore, things, stuff like Babe Ruth and Jackie Robinson and guys like that. And when I started to watch it, the Australian League was growing as well. And that was around the time when the Yankees were doing their thing in the 90s, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. So I gravitated towards them as a team. They also had an Australian on their roster at the time, Graham Lloyd. Now, football is the most interesting one because, I mean, in Australia, we, most people watch the Super Bowl. It's usually on a Monday morning because of time difference. But in terms of watching it outside of that, that was interesting. So it was 2008, and a friend of mine just threw me into this fantasy league. I knew nothing about the rules, nothing about the game. I had to learn NFL on the fly pretty much. But because I'm competitive and I don't like losing, I had to read. I had to learn and understand how this sport worked because the first year was a learning curve and a half. Because 2008, you may remember, Brett Favre retired and then he came back with the Jets. So oh, I thought, oh, this guy's going to be good. I'll get the Jets version of Brett Favre. Big mistake. I also got some other big names that were kind of on the way out. Like I remember Terrell Owens. I think he was in Buffalo at the time. 
I think I got Jamal Lewis just as he was on his way out. I think I want to say it was at Cleveland, but anyway, he was not getting the carries anymore. So 2008 was a big learning curve. So I was like, no, this is embarrassing. So I, I went back to the lab in, in the off season and I just read, I just, I went to NFL.com. I, I went wherever I could get information. And I came back, don't call it a comeback, but I came back in 2009 and I won that league. I won it again in 2010. And I, I just, I just wanted to get better and better and better. And it got to the point where there's 2011, they said, no, nah, you're not, you're not playing in this league anymore. Uh, I booted out because I kept winning. So yeah, that's how it started. Was this a league of other people uh, living? Uh, these are also Australians playing or were these people you knew? Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah, it's Australians. So guys who are pretty keen on the game, there was a pretty hardcore, they have a Broncos fan. Uh, I think there was a couple of fans of other teams, but yeah, I didn't have that knowledge that they had at the time. Interesting. So you had quite a bit of, you know, kind of a, a learning curve in, 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 into fantasy football. I kind of want to segue into there. It's a nice starting point. So you, you know, had some struggles early on in, in fantasy, but were able to overcome that once you, you know, got a better understanding of the game, understanding of how to play it. Um, you know, eventually, though, you, you not only play fantasy football, but you also write an extensively, you know, podcast about fantasy football. A lot of your content in that area can be found on importantnonsense.com. Um, so how did, how did you get into, not, how did you segue from playing into actually creating content about fantasy football? Yeah, so I, let's split that up into two. So the, the podcasting side started, it was... 2018, there was someone that I knew who had written a book, and he, he was actually brought on to a podcast to, I guess, spruik the book, talk about it, and it was a sports podcast, so I listened to that episode, and then I thought, oh, this is interesting, and this is in the spring, and it was just before the Men's World Cup, FIFA World Cup, so I reached out to those guys and said, hey, uh, you guys do sport, and I like to say my piece about the World Cup coming up, so they said, yeah, yeah, come on and chat. So we did a bit of like a preview of the group stage and they liked what they heard. I dropped a few stats and stuff and they decided to bring me back later on in the tournament. And then from that, I kind of branched out a little bit. I did some baseball, did a little bit more NFL, gridiron. And yeah, I just went from there. As for the other side, the writing side, as is the case with most people, it's important nonsense. I've been doing some stuff with PFF, much like yourself, with Pro Football Focus. And Steve put out a message saying that he was looking for new writers. Now, my dad has always been into writing himself. He did a lot of academic and creative writing. So I thought I might give it a go myself. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's one of the cool things I think about about PFF. You know, they throw they throw you in those massive group chats and, and every, you know, every now and then you're just going to see a message that catches your eye and, and the rest is kind of history. You know, you never know who you're going to hear from or reach out to. So that's really cool. I think the fascinating part about that is your origin, your sort of origin story of getting into fantasy football, right? Content came from the FIFA World Cup. That's just so cool. And I think that's a, a really cool thought to kind of hold on to when we talk you know about your podcast in a little bit um sure. so you know you you not only create content about fantasy football 
but you also create content about sort of a, a niche style of fantasy football play, which is IDP or individual uh, players, in, or excuse me, individual defensive player scoring. So what got you into that area specifically? Well, once again, it, it comes out to that competitive energy because fast forward a few years, I was, I was thrown into a dynasty league and it had IDP as well as being super flex and tight end premium, which were kind of new at the time, but I didn't really know much about the defensive side. So uh, again, making some rookie mistakes, getting big name defensive players that weren't necessarily good in fantasy. Yeah, dynasty takes a couple of years to correct those mistakes, but I did a lot of reading and I wanted to get better at it. And then as I got better, I learned that quite frankly, there's not a lot of coverage on it. There's only in a, industry of fantasy i'd say there's about five ten percent that is devoted to idps i thought you know what why not be part of the solution rather than complain so when i reached out to steve i think my first article to steve was actually about tight ends who are formerly wide receivers but i did say that i would like to cover defense and that was something that important nonsense was looking to get into so just went from there i actually think i remember uh i don't know if if we've ever talked about this, but I remember uh, your submission uh, because at the time I was running the dynasty section and, and Steve uh, sent it over to me. He's like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I just thought it was, yeah, you're right. It was the, the, the tight ends with that was a basketball player backgrounds, I believe, or were, were, you, were you making tight ends, tight ends with wide receiver backgrounds. The guys wide like receiver. Waller, I'm sorry, wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember thinking like, this is so interesting. This is like, I've never seen a piece like this before. So I, yeah, I mean, you'll hear people kind of throw that stat around or something, you know, oh, this guy used to play this position, that position, but never looking at it from a fantasy perspective. So that was really cool. The next X or the next Y, you want to be yourself. I think that's, that's how you carve out a niche for yourself. Is that sort of your philosophy, you know, with IDP? Is that how you carve out? kind of your own unique uh, uh, path in fantasy? Yeah, a little bit for sure. Because I'm, again, it's not something that everyone covers, but in my view, if you understand the defensive side, you're going to have a better understanding of the offense because you're going to know that, okay, Terry McLaurin's going off against this cornerback this week. I know that this cornerback has been known for having a high pass rating against him. The quarterback's going to be looking for him. I feel good about starting Terry McLaurin. Or, I know that Green Bay's got a weakish run defense, so I'm going to be starting my running back over another guy if it's a tight decision, like that kind of thing. I want to switch gears and talk about one of the podcasts um, you're involved with, uh, the Pro Sports Podcaster Show. Um, you have a theme that's called No Sport Left Behind. I think that's really cool. So I have two questions based around the show. One, what motivated you and your show team to cover every sport? Um, and then two, how do you have the time to watch so many sports? I am, in, I am incredibly intrigued by this. All right. Well, I guess if we go right back to the beginning, well, it's in a short period of time, but the show was born out of the current pandemic that we're in. So Justin and I, we've been on another podcast and we felt that it was a little bit narrow in the range and the location that the sports were being covered in. So we felt there was room for growth, but we needed, we needed our own thing. So 
we knew we knew Kobe. Kobe would come on as a guest, and he was a pretty big golfer, and he he also covers a lot of women's golf. I mean, our women's golf doesn't get much coverage. The LPGA, it's pretty good, pretty good to watch, but yeah, it just doesn't get the same level of coverage as the PGA Tour does. So that's one of the reasons why you'll find that we champion women's sports a lot on the personal podcasts. But to answer your question, in terms of watching all the sports, I don't have that kind of time. There's only so many hours in the day. But that's the beauty of it because I grew up watching a lot of sports that Kobe and Justin didn't. They didn't get exposed to certain sports that I did. And it goes both ways, vice versa as well. So we learn from each other on that. Most importantly, we learn from our guests about their sports. So there's going to be some sports sometimes that none of us are experts on. But that's okay. That's the point. We want our listeners to learn as, as much from those discussions and take something away. We don't, it's not always going to be a fun discussion if it's three guys who are experts talking to someone who's very knowledgeable. It, it helps if you don't know everything sometimes. Yeah, because then you can come into that interview, you know, sometimes if I hear this referred to as like a beginner's mind, you know, everything then is interesting at that point, you know, uh, mm. you're seeing it almost like a child uh, where, where everything, you know, is, is wonderful and interesting. So that's a cool perspective. I like that. Um, you don't necessarily have to watch all sports to, to cover every sport. I think that's really cool. Um, mm. So you kind of answered, um you know, my next question, I was sort of wondering about the workload with that, you know, is there, is there a way you handle that process? Do you just divide it up amongst yourselves, certain things to cover or because I think you mentioned a minute ago, there are certain sports maybe that one of you knows a lot about, but maybe the other doesn't. So then um, do you find yourself maybe kind of teaching each other in that sense? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. So for example, I don't know a lot about curling, but I know Justin and Kobe know a bit more about curling. Justin's pretty big into hockey. I know more about cricket. I know more about rugby. So yeah, there's, there's stuff like that. One, one time we did a quiz. I, I decided that I was going to quiz the other two on cricket. I, knowing full well that they know almost, they don't know a lot about the sport. So it just made for a fun discussion in terms of them learning about the terms. It's good for it's, I guess it's kind of funny if you really know the sport and you're hearing people who've never been into the sport answering questions about it. But yeah, it's just a fun bit of content that we created. So we'll look to do that again in the future. Now, I don't want to tell you how to run your show or anything by any means, but you know, you're a, you are a pro sports podcast, but... Uh, so far to date, I don't think you've had professional somebody from professional wrestling on your show. What's up with that? <laughs> Any chance we're going to see someone, you know, from the WWE or AEW on your show make an appearance? Because I think it would be fantastic if you could get somebody who is a professional wrestler show up and do it in character, do the whole thing in character. I don't know. I just would find that to be an incredibly fascinating episode. Now... <laughs> I, I will contend that we've had a number of combat sports guys on, guys and right. uh, seem to be girls on there. We've had a few MMA fighters, but I, I hear your point, Doc, and there's always a chance. I'm not going to say no. I was in talks with a, a former pro wrestler, actually. I think he was from Masterpiece Crew, if you remember back in the day, from the yeah. days. 
I think his name was Big Swole. Anyway, um, I was in talks with him briefly. It, it did open up my eyes a little bit, seeing how many wrestlers are connected to the NFL. I wasn't really aware of that, but I guess when you consider the physique and what's involved, it, it does make sense. Yeah, that, that's an interesting connection. So, you know, you cover a lot of sports. You try to, you try to cover all grounds um, on the podcast. What is your favorite sport to cover on the podcast? And also, what is your least favorite sport to cover? Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite sport per se, but I like covering sports that the other two aren't experts on. So like I mentioned, stuff like rugby, field hockey, cricket, among others. I wouldn't say that there's a least favorite. That being said, there's sports that I know less about. So it just means I have to do a bit more research and learn more about it beforehand. But I will say that I prefer field hockey to ice hockey. And I'm not sorry about that. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I want to go back. You you mentioned you know you like uh, you like covering rugby. I am a recent convert to rugby. Um, do you have a favorite team? Yeah. So in terms of international rugby, it's the Wallabies. I like watching Australia play. Obvious reason, having been born there. And <laughs> I know the World Cup qualifiers are on right now. Uh, the U.S. did beat Canada. And I think the U.S. plays Uruguay next, if I'm not mistaken, while well, Canada has to play Chile. So it, I have been following the, the Major League Rugby in, in North America. Being in Toronto, I guess the arrows are the team that gravitate towards. But I, did, I did like seeing the Los Angeles Guiltinis come up. They had a lot of Australians on their team, and they actually won the, the competition in their first year. So very good front office moves there. In terms of European rugby, uh, I don't know if I have a team in particular that I like, but I just like seeing good rugby, good flowing rugby. I don't like to see too many stoppages. I like to see the ball thrown around. That's kind of how they play in the Southern Hemisphere. So that's something I like to watch. Did you ever play? No, I did not. I was told by my parents that it's too dangerous. So <laughs> <laughs> not for me. Well, you're one of the few. You're one of the few people that, if I tell you when I when I go play with my my club here in Oklahoma City, I play 14. You'll know what that means. There's not a lot right, of people man. who don't, who know what that means around here. So yeah, it means it means you're on the wing. You're yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're the you're the speed stuff. Yeah, try to be, try to be. All right. So I want to go back and keep talking about your podcast. Um, so who has been? You know, you've had a lot of episodes so far. You've had a lot of guests on your show. Do you have a favorite guest uh, on the podcast? Um, no, that was a tough question. That's a tough question. I had to, I'm thinking back to the list of 75 or so guests we've had on. Mm, I will say that stories are important. So I enjoyed hearing the story about Yesa Ramirez. So Yesa was the first Cuban born athlete to represent the US at the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. He did that in fencing this, this summer. Um, yeah, I just, Hearing how athletes and administrators overcome adversity, I find that inspiring. And there's a lot of things that they go through that we don't necessarily hear about in the mass media. So it is important to bring out some of those stories like um, Cyril Grayson, the former Buccaneers wide receiver, he came on talking about how he got cut from multiple teams. And, but he, he still got went on to win a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. So that's interesting. 
uh, Kaylee Gilchrist. She's a waterfall player for the US. She she broke her leg at the World Championships in 2019 in Korea, but she was she linked up with Kobe Bryant, developed a mama mentality, and then came back to water polo and won a gold medal this time around in Tokyo. So stories like that, that's really, yeah, it's really important to bring those to the fore. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's critical. I think it's really easy to get caught up in with sports, you know, the numbers, the records, the medals, especially, you know, you mentioned several Olympians, um, but those stories I think are what humanize those individuals and make us appreciate and, and love watching them, you know, perform at their best. So I do want to kind of double back a little bit. I want to, you know, you can, you can refer to this, any, any of the guests you've had on your show, but let's just say, I just want to talk about this specific example um, just as an example, but getting um, Yasir Ramirez on the show, what, what is that? How do you, I guess I don't know how to ask this. And then how do you go about doing that? How do you get into contact with somebody like that? For example, if you wanted to get them on your show, do you reach out over social media, over email? Do you happen to just build up like contacts because you keep it recording episodes and you meet new people along the way? Like how, how does that work for you and your show? That's a good question. I'd say that there's a couple of steps. So the networking aspect, that's something that I've, have transferred across from my time in, in the corporate world in Australia. So just building networks and learning about how to deal with people and build rapport and then transferring that into building relationship. Because I like to not only have a guest on, but to build some sort of relationship beyond having them on as a guest. I don't want it to be become transactional like they come on, we get the interview, that's it. I like to kind of stay in touch a little bit. I've had some guests come back on. Now, in terms of sourcing, there's a little bit of social media. Um, there is also using the representation for these some of these people. So I believe Cyril Grayson and Jason Ramirez had the same agents. I think that's how I went from one to the other. And it's just, yeah, just linking up in that first instance, making the connection and then finding a time that's mutually beneficial from there. That's the key. Yeah, time is is uh, definitely critical. I mean, I imagine, you know, thankfully if you're, if you're covering sports and athletes that are in the same uh, hemisphere, say maybe, you know, continent, you're talking about if they're in Canada or the United States, it's probably easier. But if you're going outside of that, that time difficulty and difference, I'm sure makes things interesting. Um, so I want to know if you had, you know, if you could pick one athlete right now, uh, who would be, you know, kind of your white whale, so to speak for the pro sports podcast, who would that be? Uh, probably go with Austin Eckler. Interesting. Todd is running back. He's pretty keen on fantasy. He's been doing quite a bit nowadays. And I like, I just like his approach. Like he's, he's, he's leaned into it. I know a lot of players, they don't like the idea of fantasy and people saying oh you, you lost me the game and that kind of thing well he kind of leans into it the analytics side of things so he also does podcasts as well so definitely would like to have him on as a guest so if he's listening reach out hey there you go right on i would love to have austin eckler on this show too right? that's fantastic yeah if you're listening please yeah come on both shows yeah all right that's a good answer all right i want to switch gears now uh, and move away from you know fantasy and sports and i want to talk about your acting um you know 
I did a little bit of research prior to the show and I noticed you have seven entries on your IMDB page. Um, I want to start with a short film you did. It's called Stones, uh, Knox and Butchie. This was a really cool watch. Uh, I thought this one was really interesting because specifically because of your acting. Uh, you know, you did a really great job on the acting side of things, but in the movie or in the short, you also did some boxing. So I have to know, did you prepare for that? You know, did you have to kind of do a little bit of training ahead of time or do you are, did you have a background in the sweet science, uh, you know, prior to filming this? Uh, I got to say, I'm a lover, not a fighter, John. I'm, I'm not into punching people on the daily, but I did learn some boxing for that piece. So it was pretty fun in the end. I, I do like to work out anyway by design, and I find that exercise like that's pretty good for the brain. Now, Stones himself was a pretty angry character, so I had to take myself to a place where I was kind of angry at the world or I would get very riled up easily. So that's, that's how that worked. Well, you definitely, uh, you did a fantastic job with that because that really stood out. Uh, I, I noticed, yeah, it was, a, it was a side of me I had never seen before <laughs> and your boxing skills. So that really stood out to me. So that's even more impressive because uh, I thought, you know, as someone who I've dabbled a little bit in terms of just, you know, amateur boxing at the gym, nothing crazy, you know, just sparring mostly. But, I, you know, I've watched enough boxing to know, you know, whether or not somebody... Uh, at least has some idea of what they're doing or what they don't. At least you look like you were pretty competent, so that was pretty cool. Um, you. Did you did you have any boxers or anyone inspire you for that specific part? You know, there's a lot of you. Uh, there's a lot of moments where you're hitting the heavy bag. So who inspired you? Yeah, I guess growing up, I've always been a fan of Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis. I like the different styles. You know, Tyson's always a bit more of a power hitter, while Lennox Lewis is very calculated with each of his punches. Uh, I did, I will say I did take a little bit of inspiration from the rapper LL Cool J, the, uh, his song Mama Said Knock You Out, that's mm. uh, always been a favorite of mine, so that had a little bit of inspiration as well. Good stuff, can't go, can't go wrong with that one, can't go wrong with Tyson or Lewis either. All right, so I want to talk about another short film you did, uh, 80613. This one is, is much, much different um, in terms of the acting you did. You know, this one I, I thought had more of a dystopian sort of feel to it. So I want to know, how did you prepare specifically for this role? Yeah, look, this one relied on me being a lot more awkward, a lot more compliant with the external world and society at large. So <laughs> one might say that I fitted the role perfectly, depending on who you speak to. But anyway... <laughs> I caught up with the actress, Sophie, and we just worked together on getting the script down. And they'll, if you watch it, there are some intimate kind of situations, intimate scenes. So we wanted to get comfortable with that and uh, get ourselves prepped and make sure that that was uh, brought to life on the screen. Sure. So I want to kind of look, I want to look back or talk about you know, you've done a couple of shorts. You've done more than two shorts, obviously, but the two I've seen. Um, what is it like? I mean, how, what's the process of making a short film like that? I mean, you know, you hear about, you know, major, major, you know, length pictures taking months, weeks. I mean, sometimes even years, depending on the, the production. I mean, how long does it take to make a short? I mean, what, what kind of goes in kind of behind the scenes? I mean, how long is your sort of involvement with that? 
Um, I mean, when you're in front of the camera, it's usually one to maybe three days, depending on the complexity of the film. But in terms of the full process, it, it can take years, honestly. It can take anywhere from a week to a few years to, to go from getting that concept or storyboard where you can map out the scenes and then you got to get the scenes into like different shots so you, so you know what you're filming. And then you get a, then it's a case of getting the, the right camera and equipment. You also have the right sound. Because um, they used it, they did use an old style of camera for 80613. So it was the old, I forget the name, the old uh, tape film. Uh, yeah, it was a tape recorder, pretty much. But then you get organized wardrobe. There's a lot of planning that goes into it. So that can take weeks to get all of that right. And then the the actual filming could be like again a day, two days, maybe three days. Then after that, you gotta go into the post production. So you gotta edit the film, make sure it's nice and neat, make sure it comes together. You gotta check the sound, make sure that's kosher. So with eight zero six one three, we actually have to do some of the sound again because we were recording in a loft on a busy road and there were lots of trucks going past, there were sirens going off. So some of the scenes were a bit compromised. So we actually had to meet up later on and do the, what they call the ADR. So ADR is like the recording of sound. It's not, it's not dubbing, but it's making sure that it matches up with what was done on film. So that's what we did. But yeah, it, it can be a bit involved, but as someone who's in front of the screen, I know what I have to do and then everyone else comes together with what they have to do and we'll just make it magic. Yeah, it sounds like it's a team effort. Every every part, uh, every piece, I should say part probably is uh, maybe not the right word choice, but piece, uh, kind of the puzzle makes it work. So do you have any sort of, do you have any aspirations um, in film or, or TV or acting besides besides acting? Or do you have any desire to get behind the camera at any point? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some ideas that I wouldn't mind bringing to the table, but uh, I think when the time's right, we can look at that. I wouldn't mind, I think when when things open up a bit more, I wouldn't mind doing some TV commercials, but again, that's, that's when the time's right. Uh, I think down the line, I would like to do some sports broadcasting because one thing that we also do with both sports podcasts is we do a little bit of media so we get we have accreditation for the bellator mma competition so not myself but usually kobe he'll be in the media day and in the press conferences asking questions of the fighters and we also have a connection with the nwhl so we sorry it's now called the phf but it's the formerly the national women's hockey league and we were in the press conferences for that for the toronto six so we'll look to do that again this season i'd like to do that on a larger scale let's say some broadcasting from mass media but that takes time so is there any chance i know you just mentioned you wanted to get into potentially broadcasting but within within acting is there any chance we might see you uh lighting up the silver screen maybe on a larger scale production like a full-length film there's always a chance i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say no it's not gonna say never but um We'll see what the future holds. I mean, yeah, I'd like to show off my accent to the mass to the masses. Why not? 
I agree. I think I think the world I think the world could use uh, hearing more and seeing more of me, Wallace Bruce. So I'm I'm all for it. All right. So I'm going to put you in a sort of rapid fire question around just like I did with Jack. You're the second person to enter the rapid fire section of the podcast. So uh, just try to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, so first question, I'll keep it easy. PPR or non PPR? PPR. Oh, I like that. No, no hesitation. Uh, mm -hmm. Snake or auction draft if you're starting a new league? Snake. Ooh, interesting. Okay. All right. You have a choice. Your 49ers can win the Super Bowl or you would win uh, the, an Oscar, or I suppose in Canada, it would be the Canadian Screen, uh, screen Awards. So uh, pick your, your, your choice in this case. Uh, after two years ago, even the Niners, even the Niners. <laughs> love it. I love it. Go with your team. All right. Uh, so when you are watching all of the sports, you know, you're, you're trying to watch a lot of sports to talk about your podcast. You also watch sports just for, I'm sure for uh, your own enjoyment. Do you have a favorite beverage uh, when you're watching, when you're watching sports? Uh, White Claw. Oh, White Claw. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, what's one thing you miss about, uh, miss most about Australia, living in Australia? I think it's the people that I grew up with and yeah, that's the main thing. The people that I, I was around. Mm -hmm. All right. And what is the biggest misconception Americans or Canadians uh, have about Australia? I would say that it's that everything can kill you. That's not completely correct. Not, not all the wildlife can kill you. Just, just remember to check your shoes before you put them on and check the toilet bowl before you sit down on it. Hey, there you go. I think people in like New York have to worry about the toilet bowl thing too. You know, people, there was like uh, worries about uh, snakes and alligators in the, in the sewers. I don't, you know, obviously not true, but I think, I think that's something that even other people worry about too. So maybe it's not just a, uh, an Australia thing. Um, so what is next uh, for you, Mr. Nee Wallace Bruce? What do you have in store content wise? Well, Doc, we've entered the final quarter of 2021, so I'm setting up for a final push with the playbook ready. And as I said, first of all, podcast is do a little bit of media in addition to the podcast. So we're just wanting to grow on multiple levels. We've got some pretty good stuff coming up on that front, so definitely check it out. I've got a couple of other ideas in play. I may, I may look at doing some study, but who knows? I know the academic that you are. That will be of interest to you, but we'll watch that space. Definitely. I would, I would love to hear about that if that's uh, where you uh, choose to go. So um, we're wrapping things up. So I want to know, what are you listening or reading or watching these days? Maybe some non-football suggestions for, or non-sport suggestions, I should say, first. And then if you got some good sports suggestions, I'm all ears for that as well. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of books, I've gone back to The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I'm a big fan of that book. Good he stuff. It. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's just good for, I find it good for like personal growth. And it's sometimes a good reminder. I also, there's also the, the Art of War by Sun Tzu. Now, I know that's a very old book. It's a mil military strategy book, but there's parts of that that I can glean in terms of planning and strategy. So, 
Uh, I don't mind reading parts of that. I think it's still applicable for today. Now, I don't watch a lot of TV, to be honest, but I do listen to podcasts that, that don't involve me, believe it or not. So <laughs> I did like listening to Talib Kweli's podcast, The People's Party. I think he's, it's pretty cool to get an insight into that side of things and just how some of those, some of he, both him and his guests have navigated the entertainment industry. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's the non-football side of things. I'll yeah. have to check out. Uh, I, I've, I've read Sun Tzu, but it's been a while. I'll have to brush up on that one. So uh, mm-hmm. all, all good suggestions. Um, but we are wrapping things up on the show today. And I would like for you to let the listeners know, plug your stuff. Where can the listeners of this show, Knowledge Brew Supreme, find all of your wonderful work, whether it's sports coverage, uh, you know, or even your acting? Yeah, John, look, it's been a pleasure as always. and. Everyone has a story to tell as I've learned through podcasting and I'm grateful that you took the time to learn a bit more about mine. So if you are listening, I appreciate your time as well for choosing Knowledge Brew Supreme, the podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at the real NWB personally. And the Pro Sports Podcasters handle is pro.sports.podcasters. We do some pretty good stuff. We did some really good stuff around the Summer Olympics and we're going to do it again with the Winter Olympics just around the corner. Fantastic. So plenty of uh, plenty more Nee Wallace Bruce along the way. So be sure to check out all of his uh, all of the things he just plugged all of his wonderful content. And that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Um, You know, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out all the wonderful things Nee is doing in fantasy football, acting and much, much more. Please continue to listen and subscribe and share this podcast to help us grow. This is episode six. Uh, That means I have 94 more to go on my quest for 100 episodes. I'm not stopping at 100, but I'm just not going to be uh, satisfied until I get to 100. So this show is making moves, but I can still use all of the help you, the listener, are willing to give. So please be good, be safe, don't hurt anyone, or don't let anyone hurt you. And I'll see you next time. Peace out. Peace out.